Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hello and welcome to the UK Film Review Podcast, specifically the new film releases section. I'm your host, Robert State, and uh, today not only are we going to be covering the recent London Film Festival, but uh, for the first time I've brought on uh, a new guest. Uh, Say hello to Louis. Hi, hello, nice to be here today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's somebody who has uh, also been to LFF and uh, has seen a few more films than I have, but um, has seen, you know, has given the opportunity for like, you know, some more coverage and also has seen some of the films that I saw at TIFF. So, uh, you know, because uh, I only saw about uh, four films at LFF and uh, he's seen a couple of them, but, you know, we're basically going to be covering most of the films that we've seen and uh, yeah, just kind of discussing them. So, uh, first of all, uh, I just want to cover the uh, two films that um, I saw at LFF that uh, he didn't see, uh, that being uh, White Noise and uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Uh, so White Noise, I wrote like a, um, I, I did write a review on the uh, UK Film Review website, so you can check that out for like slightly more expanded thoughts. But basically, uh, to put it simply, uh, I found the film to be um, 
really weird and uh, definitely a bit of a departure for Noah Bombach, but still very, very um, interesting and uh, very like unpredictable as well. It's it, it, it's a weird movie that might not uh, be for like very casual audiences, but that I still found to be pretty enjoyable. Uh, and Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio was uh, really good. Uh, you know, I'm not like a big fan of like the original Pinocchio story, uh, but uh, you know, it hit. But it did it hit some of the beats that I was familiar with. But it still did so in a very entertaining, very fresh way. Uh, I found the film to be uh, really beautifully animated, really entertaining, very emotionally weighty. Uh, yeah, and just all around a really fun, good time as well. So uh, yeah, compressed. That's what I thought of those two films. Uh, so, but but to, to go on to you, Louis. Uh, so, uh, well, first of all, before we like say what we think of these like various films, uh, what was your overall experience like? How was it? Uh, yeah, no. So I guess this is um, because obviously LFF has been on you know every year. Technically, hasn't on a break, but um, this is kind of the first year. This is the fourth one I've been to. The first one was 2019, and this is the first year since that one that mm. felt kind of back to normal. Um, because well, 2020 was this kind of extremely strange hybrid, mainly home year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last year was kind of a bit back to normal. There were premieres and stuff, but every you know there were still masks everywhere, still a lot of um, restrictions, etc. So this kind of felt like a return to normal, and you know there were you know, you can kind of, you couldn't really move for premieres happening at the um, South Bank, I think there were two or three every day. Um, and yeah, so that kind of felt, there were some benefits actually, I was thinking about this, because the year, um, that year 2020, the par- the um, for pandemic year, that was the year I saw the most movies. Um, mm-hmm. Because there's something to be said about just watching it all at home and the traveling and all the shuffling about central London, um, that actually does take up a lot of time, a lot of energy. Um, so when you're doing the festival in that full sense, it can be pretty tiring. Um, but you know, it is worth it. But, um, and one of the movies we were going to discuss today was Glass Onion, which I didn't make because it was the final press screening and I just couldn't, couldn't manage it. Oh, okay. Oh, that's unfortunate. But you know, but yeah, but, um, but still, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can, I, I, I can definitely see that. I mean, j- like, j- like just to like quickly summarize my experience with LFF over the years, um, it has kind of been a bit of an increasing thing because um, I went once in 2016 and then uh, 2017, 2018, 2019, the amount of films that I saw did go up quite a bit. Um, even in 2020, I did see quite a few films at home um, and a couple in the cinema as well. But uh, yeah, and then 2021, again, did see a few films uh actually in 2022 the amount of films that i did see was uh, a lot shorter because for the most part i saw most of them at uh, tiff when i went to tiff this year um you know so yeah but for me yeah i i can see what you mean about you know like the traveling and stuff like that and you know that kind of like it, it is it is like complicated but you know it's still it's it's really worth it when you see like a really good movie and stuff mm-hmm. you know um the, the the biggest like mishap i had was um when we saw the film that we're going to talk about next, uh, Bones and All, uh, which um, I didn't have to go all the way to uh, the BFI South Bank or the Royal Festival to see. Uh, I had to go to uh, Leicester Square and Prince Charles, but uh, the the, like, the train service and all that stuff was disrupted. So unfortunately, you know, like, like there, were, there were just a lot of problems getting in the way, but thankfully uh, I was able to, you know, get in just as the film was going to start. So yeah, but anyway, as for the film itself, so Bones, Bones and All, so you've seen it as well. Yes, yeah. <clears throat> so I what have. did you think of it? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think obviously Luca Guadagnino is, I think, just kind of inherently a bit 
divisive these days. I think just it's the projects he picks um, and the themes that he's interested in. Um, you know, even Call Me By Your Name was like this critically mm-hmm. acclaimed thing, but has a massive backlash at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously when you're picking him to do a movie about cannibalism, that's never going to be something that's going to have a simple discourse around it. And I mean, basically, long story short, I really enjoyed it. I, did, mm-hmm. I came into it not knowing what I would feel. Sometimes, especially with, you know, you saw these films at TIFF, a lot of the time I'll have a good idea in my head of what it's going to be like. And with this, I just thought, I didn't really know. Um, and yeah, I, f- I felt myself clicking with it pretty quickly. Just kind of the tone of it. The I mean, it's an odd tone. It's a very kind of, because it's kind of doing this melancholic road trip thing with people who eat people. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. and you've got all of odd performances in it. You've got Mark Rylance who is doing um, something, sort of one of those performances slightly from another movie, but it's mm-hmm. high enough, I think, that works. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that did surprise me, actually, was how many people I talked to liked it, um, because when I was there in the press screening, um, about, I don't know, 15, 20 people in total, I think, uh, walked out during it. Um, yeah, I, 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 just to pause, like a lot yeah. of a couple of people walked out of my screening as well. Yeah, but just a couple, not no, not a lot, but a couple. I did, I did, I did notice that. Yeah, I'm curious to hear their thought processes because the cannibalism is pretty well advertised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree because yeah. Well, I mean, I, upon watching the film, it wasn't as graphic as I was expecting it to be, but you know, it's, it can still be a bit nasty. Um. In, in fact, I think it's more later on in the film when like some of the nasty moments happen than like very early on. Although very well, very early, like the very first instance of cannibalism, like kind of just comes out of nowhere. So I can understand that being quite shocking. And yes. there's another bit later on that is kind of a bit like um, that 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 is that is kind of gro- that is gross. Um, but it, I I don't know. I think it, it's probably it might be a matter of like the audience because like um in terms of like. In terms of um, how some people in my audience viewed it, I think I saw a couple of people. I well, I heard, overheard a couple of people who were kind of saying like afterwards, like, "Oh, I don't know if what audience that's going to be for because there's going to be a lot of like um, young women who go and see it because of Timothy Chalamet, and then they're gonna they're not going to be on board with the like the horror stuff or whatever." You know, I, I heard one person talking about that, and that is kind of interesting because I think like. I, I, I don't know if it will gain that, like, you know, people who will go and see it only for the romance team, like the romance coming of age, young people stuff, and not really know about the cannibalism. Do you think that'll be the case? Um, I see what you mean, because the kind of that side of the story, the road trip thing, does have that very stereotypical, I mean, stereotyping a little bit, um, and partly because the main actress is from Taylor Russell's, I recognised her from Waves, mm-hmm. um, and there's an element of that kind of road trip tone to it um, mm-hmm. that is quite, but no, I don't, I, I'd be surprised honestly. And I think there's more of an audience for that than the people you're talking about might think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of films like um, Fresh or X this year, absolutely, um, yeah. you know, have been really popular with mm-hmm. know, people really like popular social media. And those are extremely gory, extremely violent. And, I almost think it's becoming an aesthetic, this kind of like super stylized violence that is, I think a lot of people are very on board with it. So, yeah. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, all right, yeah, yeah. Because so, but but to, to to get onto what I actually thought of Bones and all, um, yeah, I I I did like it. Um, it was an interesting blend of um Luca's prior films. Um, it felt like uh, Suspiria crossed with like you know any of the like kind of romance movies that he's done in the past. Um, and it it, it worked better than I than I expected. Uh, it was very very um, it was it was a good like kind of um like coming of age discovery story for the main character um and also it kind of along the way we found out a little bit about this you know like kind of secret world of like cannibals and stuff like that and their and their kind of you know how they operated and stuff and you know i think along the way it had a it did manage to have a bit of an emotional core um and i think that kind of came to a head particularly well in the ending which you know is quite shocking but also quite sad and tragic as well um, you know, it was a surprise. It, it, it was, a, it was, I, 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 I thought the ending was really good and, um, you know, across those two, like kind of barriers quite well. Um, and, you know, I think it, it's a really beautifully shot film. Um, it's also, uh, one that like, even though it's like a bit over two hours, surprisingly, I didn't really feel the length that much, you know, it just, it yeah. did fly by quite quickly. Um, you know, and I think that, um, uh, the weirdly for me, the main appeal wasn't necessarily the two leads. It was more like the supporting cast of characters that they met along the way that I think helped carry it. Like, um, like what you pointed out about uh, Rylance, uh, Mark Rylance. I think, I think it's probably it's. I, I think it's the strongest performance in a long time. I think I thought he was great in the film. I thought he did really well. Um, he was both like really creepy, but also like, like he had this like kind of um really appealing quality that like you know made me really interested in seeing in just watching him talk and just seeing what he'd say and stuff like that you know um and you know i think in there there are other appearances by like other kind of well-known actors as well that you might that like that really really do leave a big impression even if it is literally just one scene um so yeah I'd, i'd say it's not my favorite of the four films but i'd say i really enjoyed it yeah no i'm it's yeah, equally not my favorite of the festival, but it's up there. Yeah, I mm-hmm. had a really good time with it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so uh, to move on to the other, the the other one that uh, you and I saw there, uh, the whale. Um, that we that we both saw. Um, in case uh, for anybody who doesn't know, it's the um, Brendan, it's the uh, Brendan Fraser, uh, Darren Aronofsky collaboration where basically he plays a guy who's really dangerously overweight. Um, you know, and he's trying to like, you know, like atone and reconnect and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, it's, it's one that like, I, I didn't, there hasn't even been a trailer released for it. So I had like really no clue of how it was actually going to play out. Um, you know, but apart, but upon watching it, I have to say like, so, so parts of the film that I didn't like and parts that I thought were great. Um, and I, and it did kind of balance out overall. Um, I did, I, I did find myself caring about what was going on as it went on and went along, um, I did like the uh, the the kind of the script that it was based on, and um, I did find it to be very emotionally moving, and uh, there was quite a lot to uh, think about it. But you know, I'm still not entirely clear where I stand on it necessarily. Uh, what about you? Yeah, no, I'm in a fairly similar place in that, um, and I think there's a lot of people who, I mean, everyone comes out of it and says like Brendan Fraser is brilliant, and he's mm-hmm. probably getting the Oscar. You know, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. At this point, a foregone conclusion. Um, and there was all over social media, you know, he got that standing ovation mm-hmm. screening. Um, and yeah, you know, there's really, you can't really fault his performance and you can't fault, um, 
you know, there's a Hong Chao, Sadie Sink. Yeah, I agree. Wilson shows up really briefly. They're all like exceptional too. Um, mm-hmm. It's really, really well performed. Yeah, I think that without those performances, I think that it would be it's a, easy to view it a little more harshly because there's just I don't know if it gels. Um, you said about the scripts, and obviously it's adapted for a play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have a problem with that because there are plenty of films recently that have been adapted from plays like um, One Nice in Miami, really enjoyed mm-hmm. that. Um, and Women Talking, which is yeah. a mm-hmm. that isn't adapted from a play, but it is mm-hmm. very theatrical, very well location. Um, and yeah, I think that a lot of people quite rightly have felt a bit uncomfortable about how it deals with the main character's obesity. Mm, I, I, well, so yeah, I well, well, so upon watching that, I was I was thinking about like how, like how would that like like how would that um, end up working? Um, and honestly, I have to say that like I I was kind of I, I'm not entirely in agreement, and um, you know the and I I think that like um, uh, that like what that's down to is I think a bit of a lack of like context because I think upon, upon seeing the film, the real context of it is not like oh, this guy, you know, like, this this guy's so overweight that you can't walk. It's less of a story about that. And that's more just kind of um, uh, a, a, a bit of a consequence of his, like, extreme grief and self-loathing and um, very much, like, how he kind of, like, 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 his reaction to some, uh, like, a, tra- a personal tragedy and also to his kind of like very toxic mindset as well. Um, and also I felt that the film portrayed such an extreme that I didn't think it was necessarily saying anything like judgmental about like people who were just like bigger than, you know, the average person or anything like that. Um, you know, so so, so on the whole, I, I mean, I don't know, but on the whole, I, I wasn't necessarily, you know, it, it, like I wasn't really put off by what the, what the film was necessarily portraying. But I did think that the film, on occasion, kind of slipped into being this like very, um, like kind of melodramatic, overly dramatic uh, drama that you'd expect it to be based on the premise. You know? Yes, totally. You know, the sort of it's it's an it's an awards film, like one hundred percent, and you can feel mm-hmm. that. You know, the score, the um, and I think that I kind of partly agree with you on that, and I think. That that the issues with the treatment of that come from that really heavy, really, you know, everything up to a hundred approach where it's just a bit of quiet and nuance might have been more. Um, yeah. But that, but I think the thing about the film is that that's not really how it is all the time, but that is how it is some of the time, you know? And I did, yeah. I, I think it was as the film went onwards, I think that did start to go away a little bit. Um, but at the beginning, that's, I felt when we got the most of that, um, you know, and I do, and I do agree that, that with the issue of like, you know, of the score being too kind of overbearing in some scenes, um, like, cause, cause the, the music on its own is really good, but, uh, there are instances where I think that they should have just removed it because the scene itself was like conveying the point just fine. But I think as the, like, and I, so I think in terms of Darren Aronofsky's direction, uh, the approach that works best are the very like subtle things that he does, you know? Like, very, like, I found that there were some, like, very good, like, subtle pieces of direction that don't really call attention to themselves very heavily. Um, 
And the only time where his direction isn't as great is when it kind of feels like it's very much insisting upon the drama of the moment. Um, you know, but I did, I, but I, I have to say, I did think that um, I might not have been as positive on the film if not for the ending. Because to me, I found the ending to be really like powerful. Um, I thought the ending was really, really good. The ending, it, it's definitely like the crescendo bit. Like they're not, mm-hmm. it's sort of a film that doesn't give you what a lot of films do, which is that kind of bit of quiet at the end, the kind of slow wind down, you know, it's sort of, it's, it almost like just cranks it up to full speed and slam, you know, that is very much. And that's the bit I feel most divided about, honestly. I think that there are elements of it that are brilliant elements that are very manipulative and I mm-hmm. I'm still sorting through it, which is something, at least you know. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's one like you know, it, it it's one where I think like you know, he um, uh, it 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 is like in its best moments, it's pulled, it's it. I think it's pulled off very well. Uh, I think it's a very um, I think it is genuinely an empathetic portrayal of you know like um, a, a person who is like, it, it's it, it's a bit critical of that whole like atoner mindset, but it's also very um. It's also very understanding that he's just trying to be a decent person, um, you know, and it also, um, I think, is attempting to kind of, like, be about, like, um, the need for, you know, connection and the need for, like, you know, um, uh, the, like, the, 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 the need to, like, get past these, like, personal differences and boundaries as well, but... Um, and and again, in its best moments, I think it it does it conveys that very well. There, like there are some like very good scenes that really like underpin that. Um, yeah, surprise! And the the audience I saw it with surprisingly, they found it they they actually did laugh more than I was expecting as well. Um, yeah, that's yeah, uh, unfortunate. You know, we, yeah, but well, I I I didn't think it was ever only on like maybe in like one instance did I think it was inappropriate. For the most part, I thought it was okay. Um, but yeah, but like, but in, and and there was one person also sobbing as well during it, which was um you know like right towards the end of it, which was which which you know was I did think was appropriate if a bit distracting, but um yeah 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 so so on the whole I'd say I I I would say definitely see it um I would say maybe like you know going into it with like an open mind as well you know like don't just like judge it without having like not watched it or anything like that and maybe um yeah and I think that um uh oh what else yeah and yeah yeah to, to bring to bring it back around to brendan fraser i I do agree it's um it's a bit more complicated of a performance than you ex- expect because it's not just 100 percent him like giving crying tearful monologues about how sad he is it's it's a very physically demanding role and he does really really well with it like he does like it is genuinely quite a, a heart-wrenching performance and he, he he does do an amazing job yeah, and he's funny too, quite a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a char- there's a lot of lightness to the character as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, he's just everyone is kind of it's a sense that everyone's rooting for him, really. You know, um, this is mm-hmm. his comeback, and I, like I said, it's and you know, I give a huge shout out to um, Hong Chow and Sadie Sink, who are like mm-hmm. just again really threading that needle of they have really funny, likable moments, and you know, they do get the big teary moments, but it's a they do get a really fully rounded performance in. And I really hope the attention gets paid to them too in, in amongst the Frasier stuff. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, uh, also, Ty Simpkins as well, who plays um, yes. the, kind of the 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 uh, a religious guy who keeps on coming as well. I I, I thought he did, he did pretty well too. And um, you know, he's like he's he's all grown up from like you know from his like kid roles as well. And I think he 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 did, he did really well. He actually has a lot more screen time than I was expecting, and he actually kind of holds his own decently. 
Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, all right. So yeah, to move on, so I, I so I guess that's it for that one. Uh, to move on to um, a few of the so the films that you saw and that uh, I saw at TIFF. Yeah. Um, so that so like my opinion is might might not be it, it won't be as up to date as yours, but you know I still I, I can still remember these films quite well. So um, yeah, uh, like uh, the menu for example, uh, you got around to seeing that. Yes. Well, that was actually the surprise film. Um, mm-hmm. And there was a lot of speculation there. You know, a lot of people wanting it to be um, Tar or the Fablemans. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, including me. I mean, I was mm-hmm. I was ready for Tar, but um, yeah, yeah, I would have I would have wanted that too. But I think that people realistically expected the menu for a lot of reasons. So that was the context I saw it in. You know, I didn't you know I was seeing it until and it was you know packed house uh, director was there and all that. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see what you thought of it. Cause... Oh okay, yeah, I yeah I I really enjoyed it, but and it's one of those films that I kind of want to watch again under a different mindset because I watched it under one specific mindset uh, of what I felt that it was representing, um, but I was also kind of just going along with the experience as well and not really knowing where it would take me. So I kind of like to like watch it again under different lens, but under under those lens, I did really fi- find it very entertaining and really. Um, fun and stuff like that even though it was quite dark as well but but what did you think yeah no i i mean i had a good time watching it i was definitely entertained um and i think that my opinion's gone a little bit more negative as i've gone back on it and thought about it um i mean in terms of you know it's um made by mark mylod who's done a lot mm-hmm. of tv direction i think he's done some episodes of succession um mm-hmm. they one of the co-writers is also a succession kind of ianucci regular so, mm-hmm. you know, that is very much the tone and, you know, that sense of humor is fun. You know, that, that mm-hmm. kind of very cutting, very sarcastic, very... And there's a lot of, you know, there's some great performances in there. I thought mm-hmm. Nicholas Holt was really funny. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. You know, kind of horrible, rich, himbo sort of thing. Ray mm-hmm. Fiennes, obviously, you know, he's always showing up on Nutella Joy on Chow Gen. Um, I think that where it stumbles is the kind of class satire element which is funny because that succession pedigree obviously that's an incredible example of that but i i didn't really get much out of that side of the film um and obviously that is quite a big side of the film not to spoil it too much but that sort of uh class inequality class warfare sub which is becoming a bit of a subgenre of itself mm-hmm. And I didn't find it enormously meaningful. It's kind of, there's a part, a lot in that subgenre of film kind of gets to pointing at rich people, saying they're ridiculous, but not really going beyond that, not really making any deeper points. And I felt that was the case. So it's a kind of fun roller coaster film, but as a sort of meaning film, less so. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, my, like the meaning that I was attaching to was a bit more. Um... It was a bit more like symbolic than satirical. It wasn't necessarily, I, even though I got, I kind of got that it was going for satire. I was more, I was more deliberately reading it on a like, oh, I think this kind of this aspect. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. 
From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Symbolizes this, or this is kind of, this is like an allegory for this. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily want to give it away, but I, I, I think when you watch the film, there is like one piece of allegory that might may jump out to you um, as being a bit of an obvious one. But um but anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I can totally see what you mean. Um, it is it is one where I'd be, I would be really interested uh, upon general release to kind of see, um, see some people write down these different like kind of analysis, like reviews and stuff like that of like, you know, what it, of, of what, of, of how they, they think you know, it was satirically or allegorically or anything like that. But um, yeah, but but I do agree it was the the, the, the main like drawback of it is that it's just really, really fun um, and really, and, and funny when it needs to be as well. Um, you know, there was one specific like reveal with the uh, character that John Leguizamo plays that had my audience like in stitches. Um, yeah. And also, and also the title cards as well. Like the- so, Yeah, there's one title card I- do keep thinking of like that one of the jokes in that that it has stuck with me so mm-hmm. yeah 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 and it was um yeah yeah and it's again it's one of those movies where i think you should also go into it just kind of blind not really knowing what's going to happen because yeah, i went into it the trailer i would say yeah 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 because i went into it thinking it would be one thing and then it turned out to kind of not be that as well which i was which i was happy with because what i was thinking of it being would be kind of a very very obvious direction for it to go in you know, uh, basically, like, well, and, and to basically hint at what what it was, it would basically be. I thought it was going to be about like it was going to be like a literal eat the rich story, but um, yes, but it's not. A lot how a lot of people, to his credit, it isn't that. Yeah, I'm grateful that it wasn't that. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Uh, but yeah, okay, all right. So, but to, to move on to uh, the next one that uh, the two of us saw, uh, women talking. Uh, what did you think of that? Yeah, um, obviously this is like again one of the Oscar frontrunner types. It's really, really an actor showcase. You know, you've got mm-hmm. Claire Foy, Jesse Buckley, um, Rooney Mara, um, Francis McDormand very briefly, mm-hmm. very, yeah. very briefly, kind of like Marvel cameoing. Yeah. Um, I liked it, but didn't love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there is a general mutedness to it that is I appreciate. Um, mm-hmm. And I appreciate in contrast some of the films which kind of go for this more sweeping. But ultimately, I think I, in some places, it felt a little bit more like an intellectual exercise to me, mm-hmm. um, rather than, you know, you can see which aspects of you know modes of thought and social thought that each character represents very mm-hmm. clearly. And you know, I think it's very smartly written. I think it's brilliantly performed. Mm-hmm. I didn't 100% click with it emotionally, which I mm-hmm. consider to be a huge flaw of the film, really. That's just my experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I I kind of, I, as it went on, I got a bit emotionally invested. I think um, it was one of those things where, like, uh, it was, uh, it, 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 it was, it was one that, um, again, you know, I hadn't seen a trailer for it, so I didn't really know how it was going to be. I knew kind of the general, like, premise and setup of the film, but I didn't really know how it was going to play out. But as soon as it kind of started, 
I already got an idea of how it was going to be. And then as it went on, I just got kind of got used to it. Um, and I got a bit swept up in it dramatically. Um, I did find it to be, uh, I, I, I did quite like the dialogue and how their characters played off of each other and, you know, their different like viewpoints and stuff. And, you know, I felt that um, ultimately the biggest strength of the film was that it kind of, it was a movie that was actually like, you know, interested in you know like differing points of view and yet at the same time it also was willing to like take a stance and like you know uh have an actual conclusion and an ending you know um and you know i did find and you know the the drama itself was was just it was interesting because it was dealing with like quite a horrific um kind of uh like general setup and premise but it was still a very um it was it was still a very empathetic film and uh yeah i just i i, I did really enjoy it and um i did think that um uh sarah Pulley did quite a good job um directing it as well um you know there was something it was again it, you like you could say like you could look at it and say that it's not like um it's, it's not like a super stylized film but i think that what she does with like the camera really like you know it brought out certain scenes and it just i i, I think she just did very well with it and um you know yeah 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 I, I, I did yeah i enjoyed it um you know I, I i can see what you mean though definitely yeah no, i would definitely second the thing about the direction which is as i said it is quite a theatrically set up film but it is very very like stylish and very very thoughtful and i would like i would compare it to the whale in the sense of i think this is a more successful example of bringing cinematic quality to a very confined setting i would mm-hmm. say yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what one advantage that this one has is that, like, we're not just stuck in one room the entire time. Yes, you can go outside. I think, you know, yeah. So, yeah. But, um, but anyway, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, and then, and then to move on to, I, I think the last one that the two of us saw it, t- well, 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 maybe not, but like, but, 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 but one of what, well, one of the last ones that you and I saw it, that I saw at Tiff that you also saw, uh, Triangle of Sadness. Uh, what did you think of it? Yeah. Um, I think that it's a film that's finding its audience now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I really, I really liked it. And I mm-hmm. think that it came into Cannes with quite a mixed reception. Um, it did win the Palme, but I yeah. think that a lot of people, there were a lot of people who weren't happy with that decision. But I think that now it's kind of clicking a bit. Um, and I mm-hmm. think that's because it's getting big, big rooms of people to see it. And that is the big thing I took from it, which is it's really, really like a communal experience that movie it's like like a see it with a crowd um a bigger crowd as possible setting and you know i did thankfully you know in the festival settings and just being able to like it's just a big film i think that's very simplistic but in every sense it is sort of maximal in its like tone and its narrative and its structure and then obviously it's about these ridiculous people these kind of overinflated rich people completely distanced from the world um and i think i just kind of went along with that i think i can understand why a lot of people don't and there's a lot of turns in the film that are pretty that are not very like realistic which i i kind of took and i happily went along with it a lot of people wouldn't Mm -hmm. um but i honestly had a great time i thought it was just really really fun and funny and quite sharp when it needed to be but not you know, it's not a film that's going to be doing like a scalpel approach to class. It's not, it doesn't pretend to be that. Um, and yeah, I really had a great time with it. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I think like um, uh, part like part of the reason why I didn't get acclaim at Cannes is I think also because um, uh, it's probably people who had seen the director's other films. Uh, whereas I think as it kind of expands beyond the Cannes, Cannes Film Festival, you get a lot of a lot of newcomers. So um, I think that maybe like they're not they're not necessarily like judging this this in comparison to his other films, you know? Yeah. Um, I do wonder if that's partially the case because I hadn't I haven't seen any of his movies and uh, yeah I really I, I I did really love it uh, I did I I I I've always really it was really outrageous and really genuinely um, uh, hilarious and and I did I did really like how it like the different approaches it took to its satire and um, yeah I did yeah I really yeah I I I really enjoyed it too um, you know I think that. Um, <clears throat> it was like when i saw it at tiff it got like definitely one of the best audience responses um you know the only unfortunate thing is that like um i kind of i watched it not knowing about certain directions it would take but i think that like the marketing has slightly spoiled it a bit yes um, and i think again 100 percent don't only know about the first 20 minutes yeah 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 because yeah. and, and it's not even it's not necessarily that like there are huge plot twists it's more just the way that the situation plays out works really well if you don't know exactly what's going to happen yeah for sure and the, the surprise and the ways that it kind of executes those turns there's a scene of that sequence in the middle which is just such a mm-hmm. great crowd moment i know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, 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 yeah. It's definitely it's 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 a big highlight. Um, it it it, it of of this year, I think, is definitely one of. I, I would put it up there, like one of the um, standout movies movies of the year. I think. Um, yeah. Uh, and okay, finally, uh, did you? So I remember you, uh, you did mention to me that you were gonna gonna try and see uh, the Banishees of Inisherin. Uh, did you get round to it? Yes, I did. Um, Great, um, and that's coming out. Uh, this so this so this recording is going to be posted whilst it will be out, but it's coming out uh, this Friday. So yeah, people will actually get to see it as well. That's great. Which is good for them because it's great. It's it's. Mm-hmm. I think it would probably come down as just my final my favorite of the festival. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a sigh of relief because um, I love In Bruges, which is mm-hmm. his, um, I believe his first film. Obviously, he's a player. Yeah. He's, yeah. Um, and. Um, his last film was Free Billboards, which had its strengths, but almost just, I think that movie became exhausting for a lot of reasons. You know, the discourse mm-hmm. around it, you know, we just wanted to move on. But this is very much in the vein of In Bruges, in, in you know, up to and bringing uh, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson back, who, you know, very much feel like kind of his ideal voices for his dialogue, for his sense of humor, his sense of drama. They just get it. There's a real sense of clicking because the tone of this film is so kind of multi-threaded it's sort of weaving in between this very broad very funny um humor often like you know the dumbest form of it and this very like sophisticated study of loneliness and existential stress and aging and kind of living on the outskirts of war and there's all these themes that are kind of and in that sense, it does have this very kind of old school theatrical kind of Beckety quality of making despair funny, um, which is mm-hmm. such a difficult thing to do and such a difficult needle to thread. Um, and he manages it, and the, you know, with the actors' performances, Colin Farrell in this movie is mm-hmm. really outstanding. Um, I do agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, eyebrow performance. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I took notice of that too. 
yeah, and Brendan Gleeson's great too. And there is a couple of you've got um, Kerry Condon and uh, Barry Keoghan who are really, really great. Um, yeah, I just found it so satisfying and so precise, but also just really funny. Like it's just a great comedy amongst everything else. So yeah, I agree. I um, it, it's like it's 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 dark like his other movies but it is like dark in a different sense i think it's dark in a very uncomfortably realistic sense as well you know um i think that like because what it deals with is so like grounded and personal that like i think that um if you're a viewer you can relate somehow to that situation i think you could probably relate to any character that is in the film um you know like because because it is about like such a like personal um conflict and uh you know it's one of those situations that spirals out of control and you know you do you do kind of sit there at a certain point saying like oh god oh no 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 you shouldn't have done that come on why are you doing that you know like you are you are annoyed and chastising the character but you do understand why they act the way that they do and uh the film as as it goes on uh kind of shows the really dire consequences of like you know these different situations and stuff like that you know especially the thing with the donkey as well um which you know yeah 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 which 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 is which was a really really good uh payoff and um yeah i just like you know it was it was an interest it was a bit of a unique setting as well like um the 1920s island setting was very very like it it seems kind of random, but then again, I don't think it matters because again, this drama has a bit of a timeless quality to it. So it almost it doesn't matter that it's set in the past because it took, could it could definitely take place today. And um, yeah, I found yeah I, yeah I I I I did really like it as well. I um uh it it's one of those like films where um uh I think that the effectiveness of the drama and the effectiveness of the comedy is very blended together because the situation is both like hilariously petty and also really like darkly petty as well yeah definitely Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely absolutely yeah yeah yeah. so um yeah that yeah that would be great for uh, audiences to check out this weekend um and uh yeah yeah i hope i i I hope that you enjoy it and stuff like that um okay all right so uh there's also like some of the ones that you've seen that i haven't seen as well now are there are are there any films among that list of like ones that you've seen that i haven't watched that um that you'd want to talk about uh yeah i mean i guess super briefly um another film i really had a good time with was um the eternal daughter which is a Mm -hmm. new film by joanna hogg who just came off the back of the souvenir duology uh this one's Mm -hmm. Tilda swinton and again um, and it's this kind of quiet ghost story in the very, like, very, very traditional old school English ghost story sense. And it's very sort of quiet and very slow and very personal. And a lot of people didn't, it's not a horror film, you know, it's very much mm-hmm. not a horror film. Um, but I found it very moving and I found it very sort of interesting in conversation with, you know, there's a lot of self reflection and a lot of, um kind of commentary on her own directing on her own storytelling and you know you got a dual performance from tilda swinton she's playing her own mum. um oh okay a role that is you know suited for tilda swinton you don't really really question it when she's playing her own mum. yeah Mm -hmm. so 
that was um i thought that was really successful um and there is there's also a uh danish film i believe i keep mixing up danish no norwegian is norwegian that's what i can make it up called sick mm-hmm. myself um which is a sort of very easy to compare it to worst person in the world because that's kind mm-hmm. of the massive success from that country recently this kind of is a harsher meaner comedy version of that you know mm-hmm. quite a um thoughtful and sort of melancholic film and this is just about someone who is and i think someone described it very well saying this is actually the worst person in the world mm-hmm. about yeah, the yeah, yeah narcissist who basically needs to be seen and needs to be the center of attention and you kind of like describe it as horrible but it's what's best about the film is you kind of see that there's a bit of that in all of us that need to just mm-hmm. be at the be the be at the center be seen be cared for at any cost and mm-hmm. it's so funny and it's really kind of just nasty and cynical and mm-hmm. to be that and i found it really really effective Mm, okay all right yeah 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 i'll i'll, I'll try i'll try and uh, check those films out when i when i get the opportunity to um mm, yeah okay great um yeah so uh lastly i was just like on on a note that's kind of not specifically related to like the films themselves um were there any like really like fun noteworthy uh funny kind of like like just j- j- just stuff that you might want to mention um like instances of like perhaps um specific audience responses q and a's um experiences watching the film anything like that that you know that that, that you want to bring up um so obviously there were the bones and all walkouts which kind of became part of the bones and all experience um <laughs> which was like titan last year i feel like it's always nice to have one film and the film festival is so great for that because people don't always know what they're getting in for in the same way mm-hmm. you would if you're buying money for it, if you're going to see a film regularly at cinema. So it's always kind of fun to see people um, in a more positive sense. I felt like that's what happened with Triangular Sadness. People mm-hmm. just kind of have that, what is this moment? And they either click or they don't. And that's very, very unique to film festivals. And that's, you know, it can very much go either way. Um, but um, yeah, I found that really entertaining. Um, had a little Darren Aronofsky Q&A, which was surprising. Oh, yeah. um, you know, you can sense that... Um, so I saw it in the middle of the day screening, not the main gala one. And those mm-hmm. types of screenings don't tend to be very eventful um, because okay. everyone's done their business the night before. Um, but you can tell they're really campaigning it hard because Darren Aronofsky and the film's writer came out beforehand to do a Q&A. Um, and I'm apologizing because Brendan Frazier's off to Bill Bow because basically the grind is never stopping for him he's hitting every every film festival possible to promote the film Mm -hmm. um so that's fun that was fun and yeah i think it was just it felt like a more relaxed i think lff after a few years where it's just been very um sort of slightly hesitant i suppose um and kind of holding back a bit um and yeah there are films that i wish i would have seen as well like pretty jealous about um pinocchio which mm-hmm. i can't wait to see on netflix and i think that um that film is very lucky that it came out just out after the um disney plus one i know yeah 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 absolutely it's definitely probably probably uh, i i i mean i know that there was like another like italian version of it but you know i haven't seen that one but it it, it probably is the best one in a while um definitely 
<clears throat> I uh, yeah yeah yeah. I actually in going uh, going to that Pinocchio thing, I, w- I would say that was a um, a highlight because I mean, and actually you know that I, I'd actually that was also kind of a bit negative in a sense because um, we uh, we did get to the uh, showing on time, the Pinocchio one, but it was delayed and. Um, me, me and my mum saw it together and we were a little bit worried because uh, there was this like table we had booked afterwards uh, to like have lunch in and we were a bit worried about like potentially missing that table but you know I mean it was it was fine we didn't miss that table at all but you know it was a bit so that so the showing did get a bit delayed because people hadn't arrived yet I don't think but then thankfully when uh, everyone did come on stage before the film and did answer questions uh, the answers were really really good and um you know, the audience was very, like, receptive as well. And definitely, like, you know, especially when, like, Del Toro, like, you know, said beforehand, like, oh, my, my mother has recently passed and uh, she will be here watching the film with all of you, you know. And that, and that was a very lovely uh, sentiment as well. And, you know, it kind of played on my mind a little bit regarding, like, you know, stuff that's actually in the film as well. But, um, yeah, yeah, so that was definitely, uh, I would say that was a highlight. Um, yeah, seeing Darren Aronofsky, I, I saw him and uh the writer on stage as well we might have even been at the same showing actually yeah, very possible yeah. yeah 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 so basically yeah he, yeah him i mean seeing him in person was great and seeing the writer in person was great i really i, I liked what the writer said and you know um I, I thought that what they what they had to say was really good and um you know and yeah aside from that um I also went to a couple of uh, LFF screen talks which were really fun uh, i went to the uh, Noah Bombac one uh and i did actually get to ask him a question and what's quite cool is that yeah he actually when he was answering the question i felt that he was actually i think i'm very very certain that he was actually looking at me the entire time when he was on when he was giving me the answer and that was really like kind of it was a bit intimidating but also very like really really cool to see um so yeah there was that one and there was also the uh aubrey plaza one i went to as well which uh i didn't get to see our film that's uh being shown no, there right i believe the criminal but um yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I know I would like to, and it was really, really fun uh, watching her, like you know, give her like breakdown of her career and stuff like that. And it was, it was funny, but it was also quite like insightful as well to see her like actually talk about like you know, um, the, the the process of getting these movies made and stuff like that. I didn't get to ask a question, which was unfortunate, but there were still some very funny answers. Like there's one um, uh, answer that she gave that was, I, I think it was, it was cut a little bit for the um, BFI YouTube page. But basically, like she like reacted very heavily to uh, somebody asking her what her favorite film was, and I found that very relatable because I would have like I would have felt like I was put on the sp- if I were in her position, I would have also felt like I was being put on the spot to, to like say what my favorite movie was. But um, yeah, yeah. But she had quite a funny reaction to that. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I have yeah. pretty picked out to that question, so I never get it on the spot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, yeah. So those were two great experiences. Um, yeah, on the whole, I yeah, I'd, I'd say I had a good time for the uh, brief time that I attended it. Um, you know, I got the, um, I did get the sort of communal experience a little bit more from uh, TIFF, but that's just because, um, you know, it felt like I, I, I don't know. It was, it, it, I, I noticed that you know that, that thing that you were describing between the different London film festivals. Um, I felt that more with uh, TIFF 2021 compared to TIFF 2022 because hmm. I did because I did go to TIFF um, to the Toronto Film Festival in 2021. Must have been much more and, restricted, probably than London was back then. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it was. It was a bit more. It, it, it was a little like there was there were a whole lot of films that you could see on a uh, digital. Yeah, 
like there was quite a few and you know quite a few that i did watch and you know what's kind of funny is that i purchased that ticket um the kind of well the package to watch all of these digital films basically accident accidentally without knowing i thought they would be all theatrical but it turned out they were all like just online only um but thankfully i did get to see a whole lot of films i wouldn't have seen otherwise um so yeah yeah and that wasn't the case this year this year i went to i went to 15 films in tiff and uh, i saw them all in the cinema and that was just great but um yeah yeah on the whole i'd say that's uh probably it uh you know uh yeah i'm looking forward to uh going back next year as well yeah yeah um i would start to make predictions but i have no idea mm-hmm yeah, 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 definitely. Absolutely. Okay, all right. Well, uh, yeah, a uh, bit of a shorter episode than usual, but uh, still, that's a goodbye for me. Yeah, bye for me too. Thank you for having me along. Yeah, goodbye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.